official title for Abdur, rehearsal director at Rombe. Um, and fantastic you can be with us this afternoon. So thank you very much for making the time because I know you're in the middle of quite a lot of stuff at the moment. Could you, could you just let us know what's going on um, away from here that you're going to be rushing back to later? Yes. Um, right now, we're, I'm rehearsing with Rambert 2 on their third creation by Andrea Miller. We're in the process of putting up their triple bill that um, the dancers, 12 young dancers, international dancers who auditioned from uh, about hundreds of international dancers that auditioned that last year and 12 of them were selected. So right now we're in the process of rehearsing the third piece with Andrea Miller for their triple bill which starts um, October 24th in um, Southampton and then preparing for their London premiere at SAD as well. So. We're just in the midst of her finishing her piece. We have two other pieces by um, City Larby and Damien Jolet, Sin, and another piece um, by a young emergent choreographer that went to Juilliard with me, Jermaine Spivey. Um, he's choreographed a piece called Terms and Conditions. So it's exciting to see the different ranges of pieces that the young dancers are getting to learn and gauge different possibilities through their dancing abilities and learn and taking on these new information from the choreographers. And, and what's your role in that rehearsal process then as rehearsal director? Because that sounds like there's a lot going on, but, but what, what's your specific role on a day-to-day -day basis? I recently learned that um, <laughs> many hats that um, in my position that I have to do. One, I am the person who manages expectation from the artist director Benoit Swan Fouffer. Um, he um, reached out to me. I assisted him in numerous projects all around the world, and we understand. I've learned from him, but he understands my sensibility of upholding a standard. So I manage expectation. I manage um, people's spirit to make sure that they stay inspired within the, the um, fast pace of learning pieces and giving fast results. And then also, like you saw, I have to teach them every day and give them tools so that they can access information to, to as what I'm learning, I say to them, rinse and repeat. You know, you do it, you do it great. Now let's put this setting on, rinse and repeat that and make that better. So that's what, of some of the titles that I have to do, do scheduling, mm -hmm. do emails, do something every day. There's some kind of situation that happens that I have to just make sure that I calmly resolve and make sure everybody um, is aware that we just uphold a great standard that everybody get a great experience but also we're all learning and just just pursuing excellence to get great results of excellence. So that's quite a varied skill set that you're bringing to the table every day. Um, can you give us a bit of insight into various things you've done in the past which has resulted in you being you know having this diverse responsibility so you know back, back mm -hmm. earlier in the career what's what, what's qualified you to get here? What's there's no qualification. <laughs> there, there is no qualification, but there is. And I, I just this path, like when I was sitting preparing for this every day, like I sit, I'm like to myself, look, mommy, look where I am at. I'm in London and getting to share everything from starting to dance on my block on a cement in West Philadelphia in the ghetto. And my mother said, you know, she registered me in a dance after school theater program. So I was doing performing and musicals things. And I fell in love with the arts, with expressing myself through my body, which is not the, like the cool thing to do now. You can be a dancer and actor. That's the cool thing. When I grew up, it was like, yeah, good for you. So what are you going to do next? 
Um, then I was an apprentice with the dance company in Philadelphia where I met the um, artistic director, Benoit, when we were teenagers. That was like last year, two years ago almost. <laughs> um, we've been friends, fa friends, family, brother, more than 20 years now. So we understand each other, I understand him. And then um, a mentor of mine recommended, said, you should go to Juilliard. This is before internet. There's like maybe a sign that's falling off the, 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 the call board at some dance school, and that's the only way you might get to see something. Now you can just press, I want to go here, I want to be here. Back then it was like you had to reach and search and find it. So you should go to Juilliard. I'm like, what? Where? New York. It's in New York. It's right two hours away from you. Audition for the school. I said, I'm going to go there. I only auditioned for there and another college, which is, you sort of do like at least 10. I only did two. I got into Juilliard. This is where I learned all of the tools um, while I was there of um, composition, choreographing, being a manager of yourself and expectation. Mm -hmm. um, after that, I danced in a modern dance company, Albanelli American Dance Theater, um, with myself and Benoit and my wife, Olivia Bowman Jackson. Um, we, my wife and I, we performed with the company for 10 years. And then after that, in the meantime, I choreographed because I wanted to express something that was inside of me that I wasn't being able to express through other people's repertory. So I was been, you know, I've been having a pleasure to choreograph for different musical artists like Beyonce and Taylor Dane and different Salt and Pepper. So with that, I've learned like a fast paced getting results, but on top of that choreographing for dance company. So this is all the information that I get to utilize and give back to these young dancers that it's not just one thing that you have to do. You have to be able to stretch yourself and challenge yourself to get the most out of your time and your craft. Yeah. And that kind of length of study of your art, I guess, is, you know, is, is really interesting. It, it, it makes me think, okay, in, in terms of, an obsession and a healthy obsession is, is there something that sparked you when you started that still you're obsessed with today is is, is there is, has, has there been a common thread of obsession for you from dancer through to uh, rehearsal director choreographer my mother always said <laughs> I don't like to fail and I don't like to be wrong so that's the help that's the healthy obsession that I will not if it's harder that's something I have to accomplish so I feel like that's because my body I wasn't I've learned this, I don't know if we've talked about this, but I, maybe somebody else. I learned there are two ways in my, my theory. There are people whose body is born to dance, feet, leg, anything they can do, and there's some people whose souls are born to dance. My soul was born to dance, so I had to work hard to get my body to be able to articulate that, and it's brought my own voice out. So that is the obsession. It wasn't easy for my body. I was chubby. Had you know, I had all these things, a stomach, and I had big butt, and I'm in there, but it's like, he can dance, you know? And then I, one of my mentors was like, well, if you want to have a career in this, you're going to have to lose weight. You're going to have to keep it together. So that is the constant wheel in my house. So in my brain, <laughs> this house that allows me to, that I don't give up. It's like, I will not fail. I will keep this together so that at any moment, I can still do it, so. Yeah, I think I may be a third category, but anyway, so, yeah. Um, so, yeah, make it out what you will. Um, so I, I th that's, that's really interesting because there's, there's 
a duty of care to yourself there within that as well. So, you know, being told to lose weight, but then needing to sort of do that healthily and st keep looking after yourself. How, how do you take care of yourself in this process? How have you taken care of yourself through, through all of those steps? Main thing is that I have to work out every day. Okay. I have to work out. If I don't, I just feel like I haven't peaked. I feel that's my method that I, I learned from my body that I have to push my body and exhaust myself every day. And then on top of that, I'm known for not eating so much because I'm so busy. My wife gets on me. She's like, so what did you eat today, yesterday? I said, well, I ate water <laughs> you know, because I'm just going. But I know, but I do like, I, we drink green juices, salad, all those things. So those two things, the diet and pushing my body to its limits, because then if I don't feel like I've done that, then when I go in the studio, my body is an alert to be ready for what the choreographer needs and what the dancers need for me to show them or express to them. Yeah, yeah, and and, and I think from a from a performance point of view, that really interests me. Just you know, because very often we separate mind and body, but I'm just thinking about that creative process and and actually sort of mind and body needing to be really really united. So yeah. how how important is that for you in terms of mind body connection and sort of being able to imagine and feel and but you know feel everything is working as one that is very crucial because being born my soul was born to dance that's the first place that i move from rather than the physical as you saw in the video like i have them and now they're joking about it which is so beautiful not in a, a silly way but most of the time they're like and this starts with your hand on your heart feeling your heartbeat that's the exercise that's the first thing i do and then it manifests into something imaginative you place it on your head and then it moves all around your body. So that's, I start my class like that. I wasn't trained like that, but I learned that's what was missing from my training, that it was just external, position, position, and not why and how you're feeling and where is it coming from. And that's what's going to touch people who's watching us perform, is the spirit. And then the body is just like, it's the form, but what is transcending through your movement? So, yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, there's, there's a lot of people... Sort of in, in the audience who have, have played a role and then gone into a leadership role and and you know I'm interested in that because you've gone from dancer into sort of you know the rehearsal director role as well what, what, what's changed for you in terms of purely being the dancer and taking care of the body for yourself and producing the movement for whoever's watching and for yourself what, what, what's changed for you in terms of how you relate to your body how you use your mind body has, it, has anything changed through that experience no only because I've learned from myself and I'm, I'm aware of that and trying to share to, to the young dancers that it's all the same. I was, um, people have always told me I was a leader. You should be a choreographer, all those things. And I didn't understand it. So I was always aware of the responsibility I have for myself. So even when I'm in the studio, I'm not just sitting in the front pointing my fingers, which it's a different people's method. So my, the switches that I've been doing the same thing, being accountable being a young choreographer, having to lead a room, being younger than the artist or whatever that I'm working for, having that just firmness and consistency um, is the same for me. Like I, this, this saying I, I developed for myself um, is about be about it. Be about it, dot, dot, dot. Be about the love, be about the hard work, be about the humanity, be about the humility, all those things. So that's my method about not just being in front of the room and just saying it, but actually getting down. And, and some of the young dancers like, whoa. And I'm like, yeah, I, I don't have to perform. I'm doing it right now. 
because I want you to know that when you get to be in my place, you are going to still do it. That it shouldn't be you just sit down and you hang up your dancing shoes. My, I still have my dancing shoes on. I just might not need to perform as much as the other people need to perform, but it's still on. I had to accept that. And Benoit said it. He said, you're still a dancer. What, what does that mean? Do I still need to perform with the company? No, that's my DNA. That's my, my ritual. Everything I've done as a dancer, I should do as a human being, as a regular person. And, and having, having worked in sport a lot, I've seen coaches coach athletes who have been athletes themselves, and some of them have made the transition very well, and some of them get frustrated because the athlete can't do it the way they did it when they were an athlete. How, how do you manage that and take the creative process that you have in your mind that you know how you'd bring it to life, but you're trying to create that in any number of other individuals? In, you know, how, what, what, what have you done to make sure that you can communicate to people who aren't perhaps made up in the same way as you? There's two sides of that. And um, one is that I have had to learn to be, I am patient, but not patient. <laughs> so that's, I'm patient, but not patient because um, I expect everybody to do things the way that I've done it, not because I, they're me, but my way is just work hard fall, make mistake. That's, I think that's the rule of most successful people. Allow yourself to make mistakes. So with that, every person has to have a different way that I have to approach them. And I have to be patient in the turnaround time that they give me. But the, the common language that I say to them is work hard. And if you work hard, people will respect that and appreciate that. And you will grow because of that because you're pushing yourself, you're engaging yourself, you're being vulnerable to get as much as you can. For me, I, I think that I'm one of small examples of that because I would not give up. People said, you're not, you're not going to be this, you're not going to be that, you're not going to be this. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to work hard and prove to myself that I can despite what you say. So that's the, the information I'm trying to give to them that, and it's hard because Everything is so instantaneous now with the younger dancers, and I'm seeing that too. Like, if they don't get it right away, they're like, well, I'm never going to get it. I'm like, no. <laughs> like, when, we're, when I'm showing the movements and I'm doing it, and I'm like, okay, do it with me, because that's how you're going to get it, going like this. <laughs> you won't get it, because this, the audience, nobody's watching. They're seeing, they're feeling you move. So that's... I'm learning. Every day it's a different challenge. Every day I have to find a million different ways of saying it. You know, um, when I grew up, it used to be more, bigger, full out. That's like the, the trigger words. Now I'm telling them, everything you're doing, enhance it by a million. Okay? And then tomorrow I have to find out different. So you have to enhance one small thing so that it registers and reach out past the building, past the ceiling. Yeah, I learned a new number at Google the other week, quadrillion, so you might want to bring that one in. Uh, yeah, that, I well. think so, I'm going to have to use yeah, that, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I think they're just all made up anyway. But, um, <laughs> that, that, so in, in terms of um, that relationship with the dance, so you said some people sort of, you know, uh, it, it comes from their soul, other people it comes from their body. For you, it's soul. So you're working with someone who it comes from body. Is that like a foreign language? Or, you know, how, how does that work in terms of translating into how they work compared to how you work? I like the challenge because there are times where I've worked, I've choreographed on beautiful dances. This is when I choreographed on Kansas City Ballet. And everything is in place. Then I say, slow it down. And my word for them was, 
show the audience what does it feel like when you're moving. So that's how I have to approach people who can physically just do things. But what does it feel like? What does the movement feel like and what are you experiencing? Because I think that's what the audience is here to experience. We know that you can just jump up on your toes, you can do many turns, but what does it feel like to you and how do you want that to be conveyed to the audience? So that's when I'm working with the ballet company, I have to say to them. Yeah, okay, yeah, no, no that's, that's what's clear. And, and when we were talking last week, you, you said, right, we're working on something at the moment, we need it to be performance ready. Uh, how, how do you know when it's ready? It's never ready. <laughs> It's never ready, which is when you accept that, you keep thriving. And we have the mantra at Rambert on the first floor. And even in the video, the slight video you saw, that it's about push yourself, push yourself, push yourself, push yourself. It's never a moment we could just kick your feet up and say, ooh, it's done. We wouldn't wake up. None of us would wake up today if it was just done. We always want that yearning and to, to strive for the next thing. So performance ready, to me, the kind of an answer is that if you're seeing a person never giving up and they're staying afterwards or they're working, there's, we give breaks. I don't know what breaks are. I don't like to take breaks, but you have to give breaks for people. You have to maybe use the restroom. But if somebody's <laughs> taking a little bit, somebody's like, I didn't get that right. I didn't get it right. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give a little bit of my break and then I'll take a little break to go use the restroom. But then I'm going to come back early. That's when something is, is, is like percolating in, in, in there. That's performance ready, but it's never like a final, a finish line. Okay. And, and, and in terms of getting performance ready, are you thinking about creating something for the audience to consume or are you thinking about creating something for the dance company to present? What's the, what's the relationship there between on stage and audience? There is a relationship. two sides of it, like you okay. said. The first thing is that everything has to be done on a checklist, uh, an open checklist, but there is a checklist. Um, costume have to be ready, <laughs> lights have to be set and built, music have to be done, dancers have to know their steps. Those are like kind of mandatory because that's the presentation that we're showing. I call it the gladiator arena. Mm -hmm. Now, once those things on the checklist are done, what the dancer experience in their non-speaking relationship to the audience is the magic of why people come to the theater and experience um, any kind of art form, any anything, sports, dance, anything. That's the things we have to, like everybody have to have the clothing, etc. But the, the result is unknown. But you feel something when everybody's at a level of just like pushing themselves and working hard. And, and, and how does that result feel when you are not actually on the stage and watching the production come to life compared to when you were on the stage being part of the presentation? It's the same. Yeah? It's the same for me because, because then I feel like my dance teachers and my mentors, you know, and I actually had one who came and visited, um, Ron Baird, um, they came and visited and watched class, and it was my dance teacher from when I was a teenager in Philadelphia, in London, watching where I'm working, like, you could not you know, put those things together if you had dreamed it. So she was watching. It's like, wow, look at look at what you're doing. And the company is so beautiful. The main company is 22 dancers, diverse dancers from all around the world, such talent. And she was like, this would this was never around. So that feeling, that feeling that she said to me, is what I see when 
all of the work, all of the rehearsals, hours, classes, tech rehearsals, spacing, I still get so many things. It's not just like I'm just sitting there. I'm like, is everything that we're working, is all the conversation, is all the coaching, is all the class, is that? So I'm getting that same rush as them performing. So it's the same as me because I'm engaged like, okay, it's going to, okay, that we need to talk about that afterwards. <laughs> okay, how can I address that? But so I'm still a part of it and I'm feeling and seeing the growth that my, all of my mother, all of my mentor, my dance mother, my, all those people, like that's what I'm feeling when I'm sitting there. So I'm, I'm truly a part of it. So that so that sounds like there is just an ongoing creative process. Yes. Okay. So yes. And you know, and that bit you talked about earlier in terms of the energy that takes and the commitment, and you know that that's that's really interesting to to hear that. And it, it's interesting thinking about that because when we spoke as well, you you described yourself as an entrepreneur of the arts, <laughs> mm-hmm. and and which I thought, okay, well, I, I kind of like that. But describe how did you get to that point? What does that mean? How does that help you in your current identity? by giving yourself that label, because it feels like that is serving a lot of what needs to be achieved. Yes, that is because often you, you call up door and you say, what are you doing, where are you, are you performing, are you choreographing, are you doing this? So with that, I've had to say, what is it that I'm doing? What, what is it that I'm doing? And a lot of times, I'm not just choreographing, I'm not just rehearsal director, I'm not just performing. Mm-hmm. I'm playing so many parts, doing budgets, getting ready for a musical, a project, um, and collaborating with people so therefore that I am enterprising all of these facets of my career. That's what an entrepreneur is. You're, and so I'm not just one thing. I'm not just a rehearsal director. I go to rehearse, I go home, I go to sleep, I'm rehearsal directing. When I go home, I have to check emails, I have to do phone calls, I have to submit budget, I have to start thinking about next projects that I'm choreographing, flights, all those things, budget for dancers. So with that, I'm enterprising, producing things that people say, yes, we want you to be involved, Abdur. What can you do? What can you bring to that? All those things I have to do. So that's where I, it was given to me that I'm an entrepreneur of the arts. And, and, and is there any of those bits that you're more confident in or, or is your confidence changing in any of those multiple ingredients? Um, well, all of them. <laughs> All of them. I, I did start off as a shy boy when I was younger, but I'm, I'm a quiet, confident person because I just like to be about it, just show it. Um, all of them, I just like growing and learning different things. Like when people say the budget is X, Y, and Z, now we need to break it down. What's getting this? Who's getting this? I, I love it all, just sitting and looking at the detail. Well, that's not going to make sense. We're going to go over budget or the piece has to be done or composer needs this music. So... I like all of it. We could we could carry on, but time is yes, unfortunately yeah. against us. But but I'm re- I'm really struck by some of the contrast in there as well in terms of the, you know, the hugely challenging to yourself whilst being humble and confident in equal measure. That patient impatience or impatient patience and you mm-hmm. know, the, the, the the paradox of high performance is always one that fascinates me, where people have to hold opposing things both to be true at the same time and, and, and play the game and so there's some some fascinating insights in there as well and and, and what what uh, what do you do going back from today what's what's on the table for the rest of today in this slightly relaxed life that you lead yes um, so we have a, a sharing of Andrea Miller's new work summer at um, 5:30 today where she's going to present it to the whole team and staff at Rambert and we'll see what has taken shape. I'm missing the rehearsal right now, so I'm curious to see what happens. Um, yeah, so that's exciting. And if you want to keep, you know, 
keep up to the know about Rumbear, to go to rumbear.org.uk because it's exciting. It's a new venture, new voices, new identity, and it's fun and cool. So, yeah. That's cool. Well, look, I, I'm, I'm delighted we've given you the opportunity to find out how well they rehearse when you're not with them. Um, <laughs> and, and I'm sure that will be a learning for them and for you as well. So, um, But, yeah, fantastic insights. Really appreciate your openness with, uh, with us here today as well. So uh, thank you very much. Thank you.